motivations of donor behavior, what you need to know to be able to fundraise successfully. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school. And you know, when you've taken our courses with the fundraising school, uh, one of our exercises is the values exchange, which really drives home the point of what is the donor receiving from this relationship? That this is not one way. This is not just the donor giving something to the nonprofit and the nonprofit being the only party in this relationship receiving something the donor receives something and donors can have a wide range of motivations that have been brought together nicely in a very practical, useful way by Dr. Pamela Weepking and her colleagues. Dr. Weepking is with us as the STED Chair in International Philanthropy. Uh, her work internationally is so important, but there are these broader themes about donor motivation that you and Dr. Renee Beckers have helped us understand. Pamela, what do fundraisers need to know about these eight motivations of donor behavior? Um, if, if it's okay, I would like to explain a little bit more what we did before yes. we dive into Absolutely. what the most important motivations are. Uh, Dr. Renee Beckers and I uh, wanted to understand why people give. Mm -hmm. And when we started out in our, in our field as, as um, um, academics, mm -hmm. we found that the literature on why people give was scattered across disciplines. So right. psychologists were studying it, economy economists were studying it, uh, biologists, historians, law people, everyone was studying it, but they never communicated across those disciplines. And we thought, well, that's such a missed opportunity because if they don't know of each other what they're doing, we're not building our field. We need to understand what all those other people are doing. And that's why we said, oh, we're gonna do a literature review of everything we can read on why people give. And that turned out to be a little bit more than we anticipated. Mm. So we studied 550 empirical journal articles published in uh, academic journals. Mm -hmm. And from those articles, we derived the eight mechanisms that drive why people give. And so again, as I think about myself as a donor, there might be reasons associated with the economy. There might be uh, reasons associated with something psychologically that relates to an experience in my life. There might be a law that comes into place, uh, some kind of legal aspect, and it could be one of those, it could be some kind of combination of those, and your research helps us understand that in a very practical way. Yeah, for most people, why they give is a combination of factors. Uh, and if I had to say what is the most important factor, it's being asked. Mm -hmm. So there are studies that say 85% of the donations are in response of a request for a gift. So Fundraisers are doing great jobs and very important jobs out there. You are asking for those donations, but rarely being asked is the only motivation. There are many other reasons why people would give. And uh, well, my favorite reason why people give is, is the value mechanism. Mm. So um, I think it's the ideal situation when people really understand what their personal values are and how they want to change the world. And when they look up an organization that shares those values and they decide, well, I can't change the world on my own, but I will give my donation to this organization so together we can change the world in a direction that we feel is good, that aligns with our values. And when we talk about values, it's such an important piece of fundraising. We use the word development separate from fundraising at the fundraising school. Some people use it interchangeably, synonymously, and you can. But specifically development means I am developing an understanding about that donor. I'm understanding uh, her values and her passions and why she wants to be engaged out in the public square. And then I'm determining, do those values align with the values of my organization? That is the specific meaning of development. And from that, 
we then can get to fundraising. And Pamela, you're seeing that the, this whole idea of values is so important. How does that interchange say with you know, with government, certainly we, we might uh, have passions and values about the types of public policies we want to see. In the business sector, I might have a value on a certain product or a service I want to buy. How is the value in philanthropy distinct? Because it's what people themselves decide is important. Um, I, th I think um, it, it depends a lot on where you live. Mm -hmm. um, so I if you live in a country with a very strong welfare state, mm -hmm. um, you rely on the government to provide health, education. Um, you will never become poor because there are all these benefits that you can receive. But that means that you want to change the world in ways the government doesn't mm -hmm. uh, do. So for example, in countries with a strong welfare state, giving to international re relief is often much bigger than in other countries. So it, it does interact uh, your personal ideas about giving and in the context in which you live. And so again, this whole issue of values, uh, at the fundraising school we champion all three sectors, government, business, and the philanthropic sector. And we also like to tell the story about Osceola McCarty. You remember this story about Osceola McCarty? She was a washerwoman in the South, uh, and she ended up uh, donating $150,000 to a scholarship program. People didn't even know she had those type of dollars available. Now those dollars could have been used for her own personal consumption. Those dollars could have been used, uh, given entirely through taxes per se, but she decided to donate those dollars so that African-American students could obtain post-secondary education. If I'm understanding you correctly, that's the difference here. She was able to be personally involved in the cause. She could meet those recipients. And uh, it doesn't uh, diminish the importance of the government programs that help students attend college. But this was much more personal. Well, I think also she's aware of the need. So here in the US, there's a big need for those types of college funds, because otherwise, a lot of people won't be able to attend colleges, especially people from uh, mar marginalized groups or mm -hmm. deprived groups. So it's of extreme importance that people give the, uh, to those types of organizations, while in other types of countries where the government takes care of education, there's less of a need to give. And that also explains the difference, for example, between the endowments of Harvard and a university in the Netherlands. Hmm, big difference. Big, big difference. difference. And so again, this whole issue of values is so central to fundraising. Uh, we're connecting the donor to opportunities to change the world in ways that she or he really care about in deep personal ways. How do we develop that understanding? Certainly through personal meetings with the donor. Uh, people who know the donor can tell us. Certainly we can do uh, you know, looking online and finding other information about the donor, but nothing beats having those meetings with donors to understand what they really care about. And Pamela, I wanted to go back. You talked about solicitation. Our founder, Dr. Henry Rosso, founder of the Fundraising School, said that fundraisers should not fundraise with apology. They should fundraise with pride. They should fundraise with confidence. How is your research consistent with that finding? I strongly agree with him. I, I believe that uh, fundraisers enable donors to live their values and yeah. to change the world in a way they want to change the world. Um, so f fundraising shouldn't be apologetic. It should be. It should come from a proud, um, proud situation. I always think that when I'm fundraising, I'm doing the donor a favor. Mm -hmm. That again, I'm going to fundraise with confidence. I'm inviting them to join me in the way that my organization is changing the world, aligned with their values. 
Is that a good approach? Would you agree with that? Yeah, we definitely agree with that approach. I wish I was that confident in fundraising <laughs> because I've been studying fundraising, yeah. but I've never worked as a fundraiser. But I would love to be able to do that. So maybe I can learn something from you. Well, let's learn from each other. And we're so fortunate to have Dr. Pamela Weepking on our faculty as the STED Chair of International Philanthropy. And again, there are these eight motivations of charitable giving, eight donor motivations, why donors get engaged. Dr. Weepking did this research with Dr. Renee Beckers, and certainly you can read the entire paper. That's fascinating reading. Uh, they've also summarized these findings in many different ways. You'll find a small book chapter here or there, or, or some articles that they've written. So if you look that up, this is very helpful. And, and what I really admire about this work, Dr. Weepking, you and Dr. Beckers have made this very practical. That, that seems that was very important. Yeah. to you to do this. That, that was the other aspect. When we started out doing this, we noticed that the literature from uh, the academic journals never reached those people working in practice. And we thought that's such a missed opportunity because people are reinventing the wheel over and over again. Well, we know so much more about how we can engage donors and work with them. And uh, we, we really hope that we could bring together all the wealth of knowledge from praxis and the wealth of knowledge from academia and bridge the divide. And uh, I've been working with a lot of fundraisers over the years. Uh, trying to implement these eight mechanisms for giving in their work. And uh, it's been such a joy to see how donors respond to that and how it makes them feel more engaged with the organization. And when you see this list, I can assure you it's going to be very intuitive. It's going to make a lot of sense. And the information and the way the information is taught is going to be easy for you to implement into your fundraising planning and your fundraising strategies. You can learn more about the fundraising school on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Look at the professional development tab and information will pull down about our public courses. 17 public courses in 17 U.S. cities. We want to be as close to you in the United States as possible. We have custom training that happens not just in the U.S. but all over the world. We train about 6,000 people across the globe every year so we can bring our content tailored to your needs to anywhere you are uh, in an international location. We also have our quarterly webinars. We have these weekly podcasts. The research of our college under the research tab also adds value to your work. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.